You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Okay, let's start off with a prayer and we'll get into it. God, thank you for this morning. Um, thank you for uh, even just the cold weather. Uh, I know we can, uh, we can wish for it to be warm and then wish for it to be cold, but I remember last year it was very, uh, very warm out here. And we are grateful for the breeze. Thank you for holding off the rain, at least this morning, that we could come together and worship you. God, I pray that uh, with, with all the distractions and thoughts about what we're going to do today, that we can just take this time to really focus on you and just be grateful for what you've given us in this family, in Jesus. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. So I do want to welcome everyone to our Coastal LA Regional Park Service. Welcome. And if that is the first time you have heard that phrase, Coastal LA uh, region, that is just our family of churches in this general area. We have the West Side Church of Christ coming from the West Side of LA. We have the South Bay Church of Christ coming from South Bay. Yeah. We have the Greater Long Beach Church of Christ. Woo! Thank you, Long Beach, for hosting us and getting up early and showing us how to get here. We appreciate you. And we have our two Spanish-speaking ministries. Where's El Mensaje at? There we are. And we have MLA. I'm going to take a stab at it. Ministerio Latino Americano? Yeah? Hey. There we go. So this is our family of churches. And if this is your first time, we're so grateful that you have joined us. Uh, we really love each other. We love partying together, whether it's in a building or out in a park. Uh, we just love being together. Um, again, my name is Dustin Peckman. And my wife, Catherine, and I, with our three kids, we have the great privilege of serving in the youth and family ministry in coastal LA and more locally in South Bay. And I have the great priv privilege of sharing the stage with my buddy DK this morning, Daniel Kim. And we get to tag team this, uh, this abbreviated lesson for you. So I know the kids are running around, so we're going to try to keep it short. Um, but uh, you have come into the middle of a, a weekly series that we're doing called FAQs, Frequently Asked Questions. And the question that we're going to address today is why do people reject God? Why do people reject God? And when I think of rejection, I think of that, that saying, don't judge a book by its cover. Because when we see someone or we see a situation or maybe an experience that we've, that we've never known before, it's easy to judge it at first sight before we actually know what it's all about or, or who they are. And, you know, when I think about don't, don't judge a book by its cover and judging an experience... I think of skydiving. Has anyone skydived before? Okay, so I was terrified of roller coasters when I was a little kid. And into my middle school years, I finally kind of started riding them when I was in high school. Uh, I'm not proud of that, but amen. Um, but skydiving, I'm like, I'm never going to do that. I would, I would like faint midair as I'm falling to the earth just from screaming so much. Uh, but... Brian and Karen, my in-laws, they bought me two skydiving passes for, for my graduation. And so I took my dad down to San Diego and we went skydiving a few years back. 
And I was terrified all the way up until that moment that I jumped out of the plane and, and it was awesome. I was just like, this is nothing like I expected it to be as I'm like thinking as I'm falling, not just screaming, but I'm enjoying it. It was so awesome. But, you know, we can, we can judge people and we can judge experiences. And then once we get to know them, we're like, oh, they're really awesome. Or, man, I want to do that again. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Why do people reject God? When I say people, I mean like all of us, not like people out there, like we, we've all rejected God. So that's what we're going to talk about. Our hope today is that you walk away with a little bit better understanding of who God is. The God of the Bible, not the God of your parents or that youth group that you went to one time a long time ago, but the God of the Bible and how he feels about you. And our hope is that with a better understanding of who God is, that it would compel you to want to spend more time with him, to get to know him more, okay? So we're going to read out of Luke chapter 14. So if you want to turn over there or start clicking over to Luke chapter 14, that's going to be our main text today. I'm going to pass it off to DK, and he's going to take us through some common rejections that we might have expressed or hear from others in terms of rejecting God. So here's DK. Amen. Good morning. My name is DK. So there's another DK here. Don't get us confused. Uh, I'm the Asian DK. Uh, there's another one over here somewhere. And uh, my name is Daniel Kim. I lead the, the singles ministry here in South Bay. And uh, as you guys are turning your text to uh, Luke chapter 14, verse 16 to 24, I just kind of want to give you guys some context of, what's, context of what's going on. So Jesus was at the house of the Pharisees, and, and he was having dinner with them. And, um, you know, the Pharisees were the religious rulers of back in those days, and uh, they were super prideful and, and, and self-righteous in their actions because their hearts were so far away from God. And uh, they were always trying to trap Jesus, you know, whether it was uh, trying to make Jesus uh, commit a miracle on the day of the Sabbath or something of that nature. And, you know, to see if Jesus would heal people on the day of the Sabbath, trying to shut down what he was doing. And what Jesus was trying to do was he was just trying to find followers, whether it was the lame, the weak, the crippled, anybody that wanted to follow Jesus, amen? But, so Jesus was there, and he was with, that, with the Pharisees, and he told them the story about the parable of the banquet. And uh, just letting you guys know, banquets back in the day wasn't just this barbecue on a Saturday. You know, it wasn't just this meal you just had on the spot, right? It was this big feast. It was this big deal. And back in those days, the host of the banquet would go out and invite all the guests to come. And they will get a, an advance notice. And the day of the feast, you know, the, the master will come out when all the guests would arrive. And he will come outside and close the doors himself. And that was it. That was the start of the banquet. And so that's kind of giving you guys some context. So let's go ahead and go to Luke chapter 14, verse 16 to 24. It says, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to turn them out. Excuse me, try them out. Please, please excuse me. Still, another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, 
Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. So we have this banquet that Jesus is talking about. He was talking about this amazing feast. And when you guys think of a banquet, what's the first thing that you guys think about? Food, right? Me too. I'm a big foodie. And some of you guys are pasta lovers. I see some taco maniacs here. Uh, for me, I love Korean barbecue. Oh, man. It's not because I'm Korean either. I just love it. Um, I love bring me some brisket and pork belly, and we're good to go, you know, especially at the buffets. You know, uh, I try to get my $20 worth in, and I feel like no matter how much I eat, I still don't get my money's worth. I don't know why. It's like a trick. Uh, but one of my favorite eating buddies, you guys might know him. Uh, he's not here right now, but he lives in Hawaii. His name is Soma. You guys know him? And, man, when I hang out and eat with Soma, it's a good time. You know, I try to keep up with him, but I can't. That guy is just like a bottomless pit, right? He just eats and eats, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't go anymore. But it's fun. It's, I, I love the banquet because it's just not the food. It's also the people there, right? And, um, and if you kind of look around, it's not too hard to imagine what the feast would look like. Just kind of look to your left. You know, look to your right. Look at the amazing people that we get to experience this with. Um, you know, and, and one of my favorite things about people is that, you know, all of my, I have so many friendships in here. And I'm so excited after the service just to go out and, and, and talk to some of my best friends here and catch up. You know, that, that's the kingdom of God. We get so many relationships. Um, and I saw some of you guys bring some food in. I see some barbecue and I see some ceviche. Um, and I can't wait till after the park service is done. I'm going to treat this like Costco. I'm going to go around and, you know, try some samples. I'm going to pretend I'm in that part of that Bible talk and get some food there and then go over there and, and hopefully I get full. But, you know, I'm excited. You know, this is the banquet. You know, but the, so imagine getting invited to something like that back in the day. You know, how would you feel? You know, for me, I would feel just super honored because, like, wow, you really need to be part of that? Like, I'm on the list, I'm on the VIP list, and I would be so honored. You know, but the good news is, you know, the banquet is here now, isn't it? We're, we're, we're the banquet. We're the, the kingdom of God. We don't have to wait for that. You know, but what happened? These things are all great, but what happened in this parable? If you guys look in your passage, there's these three people that gave all these excuses. So let's go back into the passage here. The first person, he bought a field, and what does he say? He has to go back and see it. Does that make any sense? He just bought a field, but the land is not going to go anywhere. But he says, I got to go back and check it. All right? The second person, he bought five yoke of oxen. And he says, you know what? I need to go back and I need to try them out. Why would you buy oxen if you haven't already tried them out? Right? Doesn't make any sense. And then the last person, he just says, he just got married. And he didn't even give a reason. He just didn't come. Right? But when you think about these excuses, they didn't make any sense. They're so silly. Like, you denied the banquet of God. You denied the feast because of these weak excuses. But I want to ask you guys this question. Why did you guys think these people made these silly excuses and turned down the greatest invitation? Why? Well, I think they, just like the Pharisees, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think they had all the information. Right? I don't think they were realizing who they were saying no to. Right? If the Pharisees truly knew that the Son of God was sitting right in front of them, eating with them, I don't think they would have rejected them. But, you know, even back then, the rejection of God was so real because of a lack of understanding. But in the same way, we can reject God too, can't we? Right? 
And I thought of some common reasons why people reject God. And when I say people, I mean us in general. So I'm going to give, you guys, uh, give it to you guys in rapid fires for the sake of time. So here are some reasons why people reject God. Maybe we don't understand God, and we don't understand the God in the Bible, right? Maybe we have a fear of failure. We think we have to be perfect to be a Christian. So you know what? I'm going to reject God because I don't think I can be perfect. You know, maybe we had a bad experience. You know, the preacher said something to us, or he was speaking in the sermon and offended us. Or maybe we had a bad experience in youth group. Or maybe we feel like we're too far gone. You know, we've sinned so much that there's a no point of return for us. Like, you know, I, God can't save me. And, and finally, the, one, the last one I have is maybe we just have an issue with religion. And when God and religion are together, we just reject it all together. You know, and, and, and there's countless other issues out there. And, you know, before I became a disciple, and what a disciple is, is someone that chooses to follow Jesus, repents, and be baptized, and makes Jesus Lord. Uh, before I make that decision, I had plenty of these excuses. And because I gave these excuses myself. And the one that resonates with me the most is that I really didn't know the God in the Bible. My view of God was misconstrued, and uh, my view of God was through my friends, was through my family members, through what I heard on TV. I really didn't know the true God. And, um, you know, I thought I can just go to God whenever I needed something. You know, when I'm in, pro- when I'm in trouble, I can just pray. You know, I can just, God, please rescue me. I'm in trouble. I need help. You know, I, he knows I, doesn't do, I don't do malicious intent towards, uh, towards others. He knows I'm generally a good person. You know, but how can I have a relationship with God if I treat him like a genie, right? Whenever I need something, I just pray to God. You know, that's not a relationship. And I didn't realize that until someone studied the Bible with me, opened, opened up the word of God, and my eyes were opened. I was like, whoa. Man, maybe I really don't know God in the Bible. Um, And, you know, there might be excuses in our lives that we might think it's not really a big deal. But it may be hurting us or holding us back spiritually, too. And so let's go back to the story real quick. Um, And just going back to the story we read, was there anything wrong that these people gave? Any wrong excuses that they gave? Was it anything really bad they did? The answer is no. They didn't. They just bought land, they got married, uh, they needed to go check on oxen. These excuses weren't bad. But what was bad and what was wrong is that they put their excuses above God. Right? And we can easily make the same excuses. You know, I just want to close out here saying, you know what? All excuses, no matter how valid they may seem, doesn't make it right. You know, excuses can rob us of the opportunity of the great relationship with our awesome, amazing God because of these weak excuses. Right. And so now that I've talked about these excuses um, and talked about all these lame reasons why people reject God, Dustin's going to come up and talk a little bit more about the banquet and who the master is. Thank you, DK. Um, So, yeah, let's talk about the banquet and the master here. Um, The banquet here, when when you think of a banquet, you think of a feast, maybe Thanksgiving dinner. um, You're excited about most of the food there. There's going to be a lot of food that you're just like, man, I've waited all year for this. But then there's that one dish or maybe a couple dishes that it's like that green soggy like spinach casserole or something. You're like, ah, that, doesn't, that doesn't belong here. Like that should be in the trash or something. Um, and, but, but you're like, okay, I'll endure that dish or I'll just try to like secretly pass it on uh, and, and get the good stuff. You don't just reject that 
the whole feast, the whole banquet, just because there's one kind of thing that you don't really like. And in, in this spiritual banquet, um, what are those soggy spinach casseroles that we might not like all the time? That might be those tough times in life. The seasons of life that you're like, God, why is this happening to me? I didn't expect this. I didn't count on this. Maybe it's the temptations. Maybe it's the loss of loved ones. Maybe it's just sickness that like your family can't seem to get rid of, like what we're experiencing right now in the Peckman house. Um, but tough times can come along, but we don't reject the entire feast, the entire banquet, just because of those tough times. Because there is so much good stuff there. It, there is some sweet stuff that we would not want to miss out on. What am I talking about? Man, when you're, when you're in God's banquet, when you're in this spiritual banquet, you get forgiveness. Forgiven of your sins. You experience God's grace and his mercy. You experience God's unconditional love. There is nowhere else you can find unconditional love. You get to experience eternal purpose, not just a career and some high achievements that you're really after in this life, but really what's going to ma matter in eternity. You get hope and peace. Even in those turbulent times in life, you can have peace when you're sitting at the banquet with God. And you know, I want to share some sweet experience, some of those sweet dishes, uh, just some, some experiences recently uh, many of you know Garen Bercero. Garen. Uh, I'm going to say it, Garen. I'm sorry. We call him Gare Bear. Where's Gare Bear? Wherever he is. Hey, there he is. Um, sorry, dude. Um, anyway, I got to talk with Garen a couple weeks ago. Catherine and I used to live in Long Beach, and I got to mentor him when he was in high school. He's a college student now in Long Beach, and he texted me. He called me. I missed both of them, but then we got to talk, and we talked for a while. We shared just the ups and downs in life that we've experienced recently, and through it all, through all the things that he was sharing, he kept saying, but I'm just grateful that God has given me what he has because it could be so much worse. I'm just grateful for God, and he kept saying that, and I, when, I, when I hung up the phone, I was just thinking about, I felt like I was sitting at the banquet table with my friend Garen and just feasting on gratitude, learning from Garen about just how to have a grateful heart no matter what's going on. It was a sweet experience at the banquet. Another sweet experience is every day that I get to be married to Catherine, my beautiful bride. She has such a pure spirit. She has a firecracker personality. You'd know that if you met her. And yet the best part about her is that she loves God more than she loves me, more than she loves anyone or anything else. And we get to sit at the banquet table together, not with our eyes fixed on each other, but with our eyes fixed on God. It is a sweet experience. This is the banquet. The fellowship that we have, the feasts that we have, the blessings that God gives us. It's sweet, but it's not the sweetest part about this banquet. The best part about being at the banquet is that we get to be in the presence of the master. We get to sit next to God. We get to kick back with God and learn about him, learn from him, and just be secure in his presence. Like, man, nothing can touch me because I'm with my master. So let's talk about the master. At the beginning of, uh, of our time up here, I mentioned that we often reject 
those things or those people that we don't know. And you know, I think a common denominator in many of our rejections of God is that we have a low view of him. Our view of God is small. And I think in, in just a very simple example, when I'm going through a tough time or let's just say I lost my wallet and I am struggling to find it or I'm struggling through this tough time, there are sometimes hours, days, weeks that go by and then it hits me. I haven't even talked to God about this. And that just makes me, that just shows me how low my view of God can be at times. The creator of the universe, and I haven't even gone to him to just be secure in his presence and ask for his help. I think our, our view of God can be low. And so that's why I hope that we get to know the God of the Bible a little bit more. Let's look at the master here in this parable. He tells his servant, Go out quickly into the streets, the alleys of the city, and bring in the poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame. What we learn about the master here is that he is generous. He gives to those who can't give back to him. He chooses to love those who have often been rejected by the rest of society or just feel rejected, feel like, man, I, I got nothing. I'm worthless. He's a compassionate God. He's a gracious God. He doesn't judge a book or a person by their cover, man. He knows our thoughts and our hearts and our intention, and he still loves us. And he doesn't want anyone to miss out on what he has specially prepared for each one of us, the banquet and the blessings that only he can offer. Um, if, if you are, if this is your first time here, if this is your first time here, I want you to look around and you can see that, man, we come from different places. We look different. We act different. We think differently. We have different hurts and pains. Um, and, you know, we are very much this, this, uh, this group of people, the weak, the crippled, the lame. Whether we want to admit it or not, this is us. And, and yet God chose us anyway. This is not a cookie-cutter church. Amen? You know, we are here because the master wanted us here. This is as it should be. The lame, the crippled, the weak, all together, and we get to party with God. You know, we get to praise God together like we're doing this morning. We get to love him for taking us in to his banquet. When no one else wanted us, when we didn't want ourselves maybe, we get to praise him. God is the one who transforms your weaknesses to strengths. God is the one who mends your wounds that no one else can heal. God is the one who gives you an eternal purpose that won't fade away. And you know what? God wants you to bring your imperfections to the banquet table. He wants you to bring your flaws and your hurts and your regrets. He wants you and all your mess and all your friends mess too. Bring your family and your amigos. This is, uh, everyone is welcome at the banquet. I want to talk to the disciples for a second. Those who have been following, who, who have committed their life to Christ. I want, I want to encourage you to stay humble and stay grateful. Like our brother Garen Bercero over there, stay grateful. Because the longer you've been around here, the, 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 you know, week after week you come to church, you can start to feel jaded you can start to feel entitled. 
Like, man, I've been doing this for 10 years, 20 years. I think I've earned my place at this table. But we, no matter how long we've been doing this, we do not deserve to be here. We don't deserve to sit next to the master, but we're so grateful that he has saved a spot for us. Remember that when, disciples, remember that when you had nothing to offer God, that's when he chose you. Is there anyone here that's 57 years old? Carter's 57. You can, you can keep that to yourself, 57 years old. Is there anyone here that has been a disciple that has followed Christ for 28 years? Awesome. Okay, so the Apostle Paul, who wrote, uh, he wrote more than half of the books of the New Testament, this, I'm going to read a scripture. This was his perspective. This was his heart when he was 57 years old physically and 28 years old spiritually. I'm going to read this scripture from Philippians chapter 3. Paul says, I consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. This is the view of a man who had been on the earth for 57 years and had followed Christ for 28 years. He had spent so long getting to know God, and yet his, his desire was just to know him more. I just want to know him. Everything else is worthless. My career, it's worthless. My possessions are worthless if only I can know God more. I hope that we can have that kind of spirit about us, no matter how long we've been here. And do you know God? Do you want to know him? Do you want to be close to him? When I think of just a desire to be close, I think of any time we're cooking a meal in, in the Peckman house, the kids are sitting at the table, Zeke and Carrie, and they're, they're excited about the food, but they're like, hey, mommy, where are you going to sit? Can you sit over here? Hey, daddy, can you sit next to me? They're worried, they're concerned, they're excited about who they get to sit next to, mommy, daddy. Do we have that childlike heart about us? Man, I just, father. Heavenly Father, do I get to sit next to you? Can I sit next to you? How close can I get to you? Let's love being near God. Psalm 73, verse 28. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. It is good to be near God. I'm going to pass it off to DK. He's going to wrap us all up here and close us out with some thoughts about Jesus and the cross. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Dustin. So uh, what's the takeaway? You know, the banquet is sweet, right? The, the, the fellowship is amazing. But we're here for the master, and there's no banquet without the master. You know, all our eyes need to be on him. We have to give him our full attention. And if you're a visitor and this is your first time uh, that's, that you're out, you know, talk to the person who invited you out today. You know, set up a personal Bible study. You know, we would love to open up the Bible and, and dig more into the Bible and see what Jesus says. Amen? You know, as we transition to communion, I want to read this passage in Micah chapter 7, verse 18. 
It reads, who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. And like this passage says, there's no one out there like God. You know, when you think about everything we talked about today, all the excuses, right? We gave excuses from A to Z. You know, we can come up with so many of them. But in reality, there's no good excuse to reject Jesus, right? There is no good excuse. In fact, Jesus took them all to the cross. You know, he took all your excuses, he took my excuses, and he took them to the cross and died with them. You know, he's paid your admission to the banquet with his blood. You know, who else can offer you forgiveness, give you peace, give you purpose? There's no one else that can do that. And even though all these things are great, the most important thing is that Jesus gave him himself. Amen? So through his life, through his sacrifice, we get to experience all these things that come with it. So as we take the bread and cup, let's remember the greatest gift is not the banquet or even the people. Those are all the bonuses. The greatest gift of our relationship is with Jesus, and it starts with him. Amen? So at this time, if you want to raise your hands, if you haven't got a communion cup, please raise your hands. We have some ushers that are going to go ahead and deliver the the communion. And uh, once you're finished, please hold on to your communion cups, and you can put them into a garbage can, or there will be some ushers with uh, a bag that you can put them into. Amen? So at this time, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Uh, God, thank you for this time uh, just to be here together with you at the park service. God, thank you so much that it didn't rain. <laughs> I think we still would have met because we, we just love to fellowship and we love to go to church together. But God, thank you that uh, you gave us this beautiful weather. Thank you for all the brothers and sisters here. Thank you for the, just the amazing time that we can have here just to worship you. God, you are just incredible, amazing, powerful, and you just still want a relationship with us. You know, sometimes, God, I don't understand it. God, thank you for loving us in our imperfections. Thank you for uh, uh, looking past our sin. And most importantly, thank you for giving your son, Jesus, to die on the cross uh, for our sins. And God, I pray as we just kind of take the communion today, we just think about all the excuses that we've given in the past. The excuses why we rejected you. You know, the excuses why um, we didn't want to follow you. And God, I pray that we can just remember that your son, Jesus, took him all to the cross and died for us, God. So God, I pray as we take this communion, as we take this bread and cup, um, that we can remember your son and that we can have uh, just a great rest of the day uh, just fellowshipping and remembering you, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.